Vidar and Catherine Ligard are the founders of safarimission.org. Vidar Ligard is also the author of A Fork in the Road, a book that gives you life lessons you were not taught in school and that the church did not tell you. And that is what Safari Mission Podcast is all about, teaching practical steps to personal growth and development. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Vidar and Catherine Ligard. Welcome back and great to see you. Today we have a very special guest with us. This is somebody that we have known for quite a long time. This is Reverend Joe Doran. He has traveled all over the world. I don't know how many times you've circled uh, all these different nations, teaching in Bible schools and churches and uh, taking the family with you. It's been a huge blessings over the years. Welcome, Joe. Well, thank you. It's such an honor to be with you here on your podcast. Great to have you. Great to have you. Well, today we're going to be talking about relationships and how to relate to others. And uh, there's one thing that I've, uh, I've noticed. When you go to somebody's funeral, You'll never hear about all the things they've acquired, and you'll never hear about the things that they have done for themselves, but you will always hear about their love walk, the things that they have done for others. So today we'll talk about how do you build a legacy, or how do you live life in such a way that you, you live relationships in such a way that people want to talk about you uh, when you're gone. And so we have Reverend Joe with us, and uh, he's an expert in the area. So we're happy to have you. Well, thank you. Well, you know, it's it's interesting when it comes to uh, the love walk, um, we go back to the very foundation, and that is the love of God. Um, and the love walk really begins where we receive God's love, we believe in God's love, and uh, once you have faith in His love, that affects the way you interact with others. Yeah, that is so true, that is so true. Um, I find different people, ones that are... That are hurt, you know. There's a saying that hurt people hurt people. You know, if if, if you carry hurts in our own lives, then when we're under pressure, uh, the junk tends to come out. And um, I just shared with students yesterday how very often how we treat other people is a reflection of our own personal image of the heavenly Father. Yeah, I, I believe 100% that is accurate and true. Um, I think. A lot of times uh, we look at the wrong things. Uh, we look at the past. Uh, we even allow people, uh, the way they treated us, to define how we view ourselves. Um, past hurts, uh, past events that uh, happened in our lives where we weren't treated correctly and really not the way God intended us to be treated and that definitely affects how we treat others uh, moving forward. Yeah. So, so, so what's the starting point? If somebody is hurt, if somebody may carrying resentment or, or ill will towards others, where do we start? Where do we help them? I, I know this is such a, a simple answer, but I, I believe it's the truth, is it begins with our thought life. And our thought life um, can take us in a destructive way, or it also can take us in a, a healing way. Um, I know that uh, if you think on the wrong things, it will lead to the wrong actions. You know, as, as a man thinks, so is he. So it goes back to really the Word of God, renewing our mind 
to his word and what he has to say about us. So what are we thinking about? Well, scripture talks about he shall provide for our needs. It talks about uh, by his stripes are healed. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not sure that are those the scriptures we start with. How do we think when it comes specifically to relationships? You know, what, what are the scriptures or thoughts or where should we start? Well, it's interesting because even uh, in uh, 1 John, you know, John was known as the love disciple. Actually, he had a great, John had a great revelation of God's love for him. He actually, it's, it's interesting and I find it kind of amusing because even uh, in the Gospel of John, John doesn't refer to himself as John. He actually refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loves. Yeah, and I find that interesting as well. And, and I heard a lot of people say, well, you know, he, he thinks that God loves him more than anybody else. And uh, he didn't actually say that. What did he, he say? He, he really, it's funny because he, he referred to himself that way, uh, but he's like he was talking about himself and Peter, and and he he said Peter and the disciple whom Jesus loved, and and spoke of an event, but uh, in First John uh, chapter three, he begins that chapter by saying, "Behold, what manner the love the Father has given unto us that we should be called children of God." So he was saying, hey, look, we've already written to you about these things. We've already talked to you about the love of God. But, I, but you need to, to maintain that focus so that uh, your thoughts are going to be right, not only about yourself, but about others. Yeah. I remember in my own personal life, I struggled a lot with this in my younger years and through my teenage years. And... Um, the Apostle John is a very interesting, interesting story. He's the only one out of the twelve that they weren't able to kill, and he's also the one that was very, very conscious of God's love for him. And you sometimes wonder, maybe the two were related. Um, but in my own personal life, I know that um, when I started realizing that I am accepted by God, His view and my view of myself started changing. Mm -hmm. And I realized, like it says in Romans 8 and, and there in verse 5, for while we were yet sinners, chapter 5, verse 8, I guess that is, but while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. And I always had thought, you know, you, you need to live a certain way, you need to live, uh, act a certain way, you need to think a certain way in order for God to accept you. But I realized, no, Christ died while we were yet sinners. And he cried, died for people like, like the Apostle Paul, who went about murdering good people. Um, and so I realized, well, that what Jesus did was for me, despite of what I had done. And I started realizing that um, my, my acceptance by God is not based on my behavior, mm -hmm. but it's based on what Christ sacrificed, completely revolutionized my life. And just me personally, I started meditating on those things, and, and it changed the viewpoint of my Heavenly Father, changed the viewpoint about me, and it changed it in such a way that it became very easy to accept the faults of other people as well. Yeah, that's that's huge. And, and to be able to uh, look at his, the manner 
of love, which he loved us so we could be called the sons of God. In other words, you have to just go back to uh, the covenant and, and God's plan of redemption for us and what that entailed and, and all the things that God had to do and put into to place in order for him to legally be able to send his son just so that Jesus could enter earth through a human body so he could walk the earth as a man without fault just so that he could die for us and take our penalty and take our sin upon i mean all these things were done because of love and so um focusing in on that is really the beginning of the way we treat others you know of course uh, we have a new covenant and with the new covenant comes the royal law of the kingdom which is which is the law of love and in order to walk in that law of love uh, we first of all have to receive god's love for us because the the law of love is that we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. and so if you don't have the proper perspective of god's love for you god's love will be restricted in how it can flow through you. That's great. That's great. Now, you said something earlier on that, that you need to start with how you think. Uh, both of us, we know a fair amount of ministers, um, and there's a lot of different ways to study. And I've seen a lot of people that study more with a, maybe an intellectual methodology. You go through a lot of research kind of ways of study. Uh, but I've watched you in your life, and I'll, I've watched your love walk, uh, but I've also observed that much of your study is more a meditative approach. You started out talking about how we think. Can you help us? How do you meditate? How do you feed yourself in such a way that you become consciously aware of God's love for us? Well, um... I heard someone use this or ask, he asked this question, and I and so I like to use this. And when it comes to meditation, he asked this, how many of you know how to work? Well, of course, uh, we didn't need any training to learn how to worry because naturally in this world, if you, if you try to figure things out through reason, you'll go through uh, a, a, a a natural progression of trying to figure things out and then that turns into worry because we don't necessarily have the answer for many of life's situations. So we'll begin to think and then ponder and think and ponder and then before you know it, you're worrying about it. And so, so this particular individual said, if you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. And so I always like to say, uh, we're worrying about the wrong things. In other words, uh, we can take that same uh, behavior of worrying, but instead replace the problem with the solution, which is the Word of God, where we, where we think on the Word of God, where we, we ponder it, we think on it, and what happens is it gets on the inside of you, and um, I like, there was another illustration that I heard years ago, 
that we should get so full of God's word that when life happens, we get squeezed because life will happen to all of us. No one is exempt from life. And so when we get squeezed, that the word of God will come out. And so when we get squeezed, uh, that the right stuff comes out of us. And it's a result of meditating and thinking on the word of God and getting it on the inside of you so that that when you choose to respond from your born again spirit instead of from your flesh, that love comes out. That's great. Um, I know in thinking uh, sometimes when, you know, because people, people do you wrong and we're not perfect ourselves either. And, uh, you know, relationships and different things happen. Uh, and sometimes you observe other people doing things to other third parties and you think, yeah, how is that possible? It's easy to start going down this thinking pattern of, you know, coming to judgmental conclusions or, or, or something like that. And, I know in my life, something that's really helped me is um, I start asking myself, how did Jesus respond to this person? How, how did Jesus treat people who did such things? And, uh, and it's helped me a whole lot. And because I know that uh, Jesus said a new commandment I give to you in John 13, 33, 34, 35, 36, he talks about the love and the, and the commandment of the new covenant. And he says, uh, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you love one another. Mm -hmm. uh, so we are to be known by the love walk. That's what makes us a Christian. It should be our identity. And he said that even as I have loved you, you are to love one another. And of course, uh, it, it becomes difficult to love other people if we are to love even as he has loved us. And we are unaware of how he has loved us. It becomes very difficult to love other people. Uh, in ways that we're not even aware that, that he has loved us. So I, I just go and and almost like question in my mind, how would Jesus have treated these people? Uh, how did Jesus treat Peter? Peter who denied him three times when it was at the most crucial hour in his life. How did Paul treat the people that abandoned him? And he said, well, don't, don't count it against them when he was abandoned, he was in prison and of course, you know, you've spoken against the government, whatever, and they want to take you out. And so other people around you become afraid, and then they go, well, I don't, I don't know anything about you. And, uh, but Paul forgave him, and Jesus forgave Peter, and other people that did, uh, maybe in our minds, crazy things. And I go, well, Jesus forgave him, so maybe I ought to extend the same grace to them. Mm -hmm. it's something that's helped me a whole lot. Um, any specific examples, specific stories of things that are wrong, people um, that are wrong, people that I've hurt? How, how do you respond? What do you do? Well, you know, honestly, uh, you know, in Romans 5, 5, it says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our spirits. So uh, we're born of love. Actually, we're love children of the love God. So our spirits through the new birth have the very nature of God and his nature is a love nature. You know, he is love. And so um, we can purposely look to love on the inside. What do I mean by that? Well, um, 
I'm thinking of one instance. So I, I have a business. I've had a business for almost 33 years now. And uh, my business, we do uh, windscreens. We do auto glass. And so uh, I'm thinking of a one particular instance where I was at one of the dealerships that we service. And there was a customer who had a brand new GMC pickup truck, probably an $80,000 vehicle, mm. and a nice one, uh, expensive one. And uh, one of my employees had replaced and changed out his windshield or windscreen, and he had an issue with it. And so, um, of course, he came to back to the dealership where we had serviced his vehicle on behalf of them. And so he was not happy because of the issue. And he was, I went to shake his hand and he pulled his hand back. Like, I'm not shaking your hand. He had, he, and he just had gotten defensive mode. He's like this and he's like all tough. And, and so I'm dealing with each one of his questions because he's, he's drilling me for his issue. And he was questioning whether or not I would take care of it. And of course we would, and, and, and I knew it. And, the service manager knew it, but he didn't know who I was. So how do how do you respond when you don't have an answer up here? Well, I've learned to look on the inside. And so I looked and I responded from my heart and I spoke out of my heart. And, and you say, what does that have to do with love? Well, love is in my heart. So I had a, re, I had a love response and I, and I put it this way, you can look to love. Love's not here necessarily. Love is not necessarily on the way you feel because most of the time, uh, feelings have nothing to do with responding in love. Actually, if you respond from your feelings, feelings are the voice of your flesh. And uh, if we, when we respond from our feelings, we'll really end up responding from our flesh and we end up treating others the way that they treated us instead of treating others the way that God treated us. So I responded from the inside and really that love response, wisdom was accompanied with wisdom. Mm -hmm. And the wisdom wasn't because I'm so smart. The wisdom was because it came from the inside. It came from my heart. And as I responded in love, it dispelled the situation with that unhappy customer. So you can, you can use this at home. You can use this in business. You can use this with, in friendships. No matter where you are in life, love, are, are really our, our lives should be uh, seasoned and flavored with the love walk. It really should be. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's something that we use everywhere we go every day. It's not something you put on as a Sunday, Sunday best Christian. Um, as we close out today, I want to read uh, what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. He said, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. 
Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. We want to thank uh, Reverend Joe for this time around. Uh, we'll be together with Reverend Joe at the next episode. We will continue to talk about the love of God, and we will continue from where we started, how to think about the right things, understanding God's love for us, and how do we practically apply these things in daily life. We'll see you then. Well, that's it for today. Watch out for our next episode with teachings from Vida and Catherine Ligard. Like, share, and subscribe to our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages at Safari Mission. You can also visit our website www.safarimission.org or call us at plus 254-74-1777-805 to know more about Safari Mission and how you can get yourself a copy of Vidal Ligard's book, A Fork in the Road.